BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. After the Warriors broke our hearts last night in person, live at the Chase Center, losing on a Sadiq Bay three-pointer lucky shot with one second left. We are here to talk about that. We're going to talk about that in a second, though. Um, first, I want to talk about Steph Curry's return because the whole reason why this current homestand has been such a blessing is because we know that soon enough, we're going to get Steph back. And then that just makes the team so much better. So uh, I think yesterday, Anthony Slater uh, had tweeted a Steve Kerr comment about the San Antonio Spurs game where they're trying to break the record for attendance for a regular season game. Uh, Are you like, Obviously, we're we're all excited to get Steph back because he just makes the the engine go. But w- what do you think about that date rather than like a home game or or, or trying to shoe him shoehorn him in to this homestand? Because it sounds like he's okay, but I don't know. This date is circled for whatever reason. So, what do you think about that? Um, I think that I would want to. I would want him to comfortably come back and if that's the date that's like the earliest and most comfortable like that he's not rushing any type of rehab then i think that's that's the that's the goal here and it's not that he's doing rehab i'm sure he's just like slowly healing because there wasn't surgery but i if that's if that's the date then i mean there is some questions about you know does adam silver really want him there because 
of this specific game that the cruddy Spurs are trying to break the record. I don't know, <laughs> but as long as as long as he's not rushed, because I think that this even like a game like the Spurs, like even though they're at home with this sellout crowd, apparently, like maybe at some point it's going to sell out. Like I'm sure the Warriors are still heavily favored in that game, so I, I wouldn't be too pressed about rushing him back for one of those. But again, if he is good to go, then I'm with it. Okay, so the way that the schedule breaks out, so they played last night. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. Then they play Saturday. Then they play Tuesday. Those are the last two home games on this trip. Tuesday against the Suns, and Devin Booker will not be in that game. So Clay may actually not be so mad that game. Uh, And then Friday against the Spurs is this like sort of circled date. And then they go Friday and Sunday against the Bulls in Chicago, and then on the road again Monday. So he will probably miss one of the, I, I, w- I would imagine he misses the Wizards game, which is Monday, so that he doesn't play the, the, the back-to-back games. And maybe they stagger that with some of the other guys who, like Clay, may not play the back-to-back. Do you want Stephen Clay to not play the same game? Uh, or do you want to split them? You could sort of figure out how to do that. But uh, then after that, they have a nice little break and then they go Celtics Thursday night. I imagine that is the TNT game, uh, the rematch of the Warriors humbling the Celtics on the first ABC hmm. game this year. So uh, the schedule breaks nicely with the exception of that one back to back. So you can sort of ease him in nicely uh, this, uh, I guess, Tuesday. Maybe, maybe if the maybe if the last game of the homestand was like Thursday or Wednesday, maybe he could have played instead. But. Tuesday seems just like a conservative time to just let's give him one more game and then he'll be back on that Friday. Yeah. And Wiggins as well. They might, you know, I don't know if he plays that back to back either. So he's another one that we're, we're ready to ready to return because he didn't even play against that. He was, he, the last time, last game he played was the game before that first Boston game. That's right. Forever ago. And so I would imagine that, Wiggins plays in at least one of these next two home games. But again, the schedule breaks pretty nicely because you have that break. They only play, um, they play Saturday, Tuesday, Friday. So there's plenty of rest games in between there. So hopefully this continues to allow them to get healthy. And also with Wiseman and Kaminga as well, those guys are also injured. But I, I had a sort of a bigger thought about this, which is so... Uh, what is their current record? 20 and 19 or 20 and 20. Uh, well, I'll, f- I'll figure that out here in a second. I should uh, it's 20 and 19. Yeah. Uh, so last year they started off super hot, right? They were just on fire. They had that great start. And then for like the second half of the season, they were pretty much like a 500 team. And I kind of wonder if that changes this year where, they they're the 500 team in the first half and with a little bit of runway here, maybe it's not, you know, not maybe it's post all-star break where they kind of then make that second run. Cause I think getting everybody healthy, what, what was good about Steph being out, you know, the positive of, of the whole thing is just that they had to sort of figure out how to score without him. And so that made Clay step up. Jordan has stepped up in games. And uh, just then, even before that, even before Steph got hurt, they were kind of figuring out this 
second uh, the, the the secondary lineup, and it seems like those things are getting so much better. So by the time Steph gets back, by the time Wiggins gets back, by the time Kaminga gets back, by the time Wiseman gets back, maybe Michael Green hater. Well, Jemichael, we'll see about Jemichael. <laughs> but but though it seems like they should like really get back, and 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 the team should be way better now. The one thing that I think I wonder though is. Draymond's kind of hobbling, and I wonder if when they get Steph and Andre, or I'm sorry, Steph and uh, and Wiggins back. I I, I also forgot Andre. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe Draymond gets some time to rest because he looks like he's hobbling with the with the foot or the whatever whatever the issue is that he has. Yeah, and speaking of Andre, I just watched that Abbott Elementary where he was it literally just like an hour ago. That oh, he was, was, that was pretty in good in the episode. Yeah, he's in the episode. Oh, okay. He's, he's a lot of like two speaking lines, but they're great. Um, I was going to say, though, like Stephen Curry getting hurt sucks. And it felt like just the knife in, in, in the heart right there for how they were performing away. And it felt like, you know, can they even win a home game, even though they've been so good at home without Steph? And they've been proving that thought I had wrong. And he, again, like Steph going down sucks, but it's almost been like, you know, Jordan Poole's gotten to get the reps and the confidence being the guy clay has been able to step in and find his rhythm being the guy without Steph and not to say Steph hampers any of that stuff, mm-hmm. but I think that him not being there made other guys step up more into their potential, more into what they they should be than say if he, he was healthy during this mm-hmm. stretch. So I'm excited to see what the team looks like when Steph gets back, because um, I will, I'm kind of sick and tired of Jordan Poole in the clutch, <laughs> but I, I hope I hope we can keep up the pool productivity, the clay productivity, and then obviously bringing back in Wiggins. How does Kaminga look with the group fully healthy? Because Kaminga has been awesome when Steph has been down, and even like Wiseman, just plug and play a couple times. Like that was fun too. And and then our guy Patrick Baldwin Jr. has been great. Has been for for what we could expect from a rookie that you know has basically missed his entire senior year of high school and college. So. I think that's all That's all things to look forward to. And then you start talking about the DiVincenzo's, how he's found himself as kind of like a defensive guy in this stretch as well. Like, it's all it's all fun. Ty Jerome, Anthony Lamb, start naming the guys. They've all stepped up. So I'm excited to see what happens when they don't have to step up. Okay, I haven't listened to the entire interview yet, but Joe Lakeup was on with Tim Kawakami recently. And Lakeup, ever the uh, the confident guy, right? As far as yeah, geez, what what he was been he's been able to do with this team. He said that at the beginning of the season, he thought the roster that they had put together for this year was the most talented, up and down one through fourteen or or, or whatever whatever yeah. that is. And then Tim goes. Uh, well, what about uh, Kevin Durant? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Top, top heavy. That team was better. But he said one through 12 from a talent perspective, they're better. And I started to think about that. And so if we, if we name off the top 12, it is a good top 12. But the problem is, is that talent doesn't necessarily equal quality of play. So that, that may be his out there in that, yeah, you have a Jonathan Kaminga. He is way more talented than Damian Lee, but does that mean he's playing as well as Damian Lee? That that's arguable. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Damian Lee's a little bit more of a 
I guess a glue guy and and someone you, you're less worried about turning the ball over. But Kaminga brings his positives too with his emotion and and passion and uh, energy and all that. So, but you would say, yeah, Jonathan Kaminga is more talented than Damian Lee, but that doesn't mean that he's better in in the role playing on the Warriors. You could say Moses Moody is more talented than um, I'm trying to think of Warriors of of. Yes, well, I feel like yeah. Moses Moody is almost the better comparison there because I would say he's more talented than all of the back end bench guys, uh, maybe even in the league. And there, there's right there quality. Uh, talent doesn't totally equal quality because he's having a tough stretch. But if you look at the talent, a guy who could shoot the ball like him, who has sneaky athleticism and can defend, like that, technically that sounds like a great person to have as like your tenth guy. But he's, you know, not been the greatest this year. So if we go Steph Clay. Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, that's your starting five. And that is a, a very, very good starting five. It is a starting five. It's a that playoff won, starting five. That won you, a, won you a title last year, yep. right? That's the starting five. Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga. Um, DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo. And then it gets a little weird because you could go Moody. You could go two-way. You could go... Uh, Ty Jerome, you could go Anthony Lamb, you could go Andre Iguodala. If if he and now we did see him in 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 his warm up gear last night. He was like in the huddle before the game, in his warm up gear, but he did not come to the court for the beginning of the game. He then went back and got in his normal clothes and he hung out with Steph in the tunnel watching. Um, you could also go Wiseman. You could go Jermichael Green. So it feels like that like top eight is kind of locked in. And it's like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. The, the last uh, six or so of those guys seems to be a little bit interchangeable based on how the rest of the season goes. I don't know if I would consider uh, a lineup or a roster with Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome on it to be like the most, um, you know, you could go back to uh, the team, the first team that won the championship. Like that was pretty stacked roster talent wise. So interesting that, that he would think that. Uh, but it is. I mean, there are good players now. It's part of the coaching staff, their ability to put those guys together. And it sounds like there was a comment that he said in the interview with Tim where he goes, uh, yeah, for some reason, you know, they all had to play together. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? He meant the young guys were yeah. on that second unit together. He was like, yeah, for some reason, they were all playing together. I was like, hmm, that's kind of been interesting. Maybe he didn't agree with what they were trying to do with that second unit there. But uh, I, I mean, you know, it, at the end of the season, though, is what he said. At the end of the season, we will have, uh, you know, we should be locked in. So I, I'm giving him till the end of the season because I sort of agree with the idea that, you know, what what you said early, that Steph being out gave them some ability. And Jordan Jordan's not going to have to take those shots. He's not going to have to mm. – if Steph's on the court – Jordan becomes the guy who is probably going to be wide open in the corner. So maybe and, I ball. mean, you could even the thing is, is like you could still give the ball to Jordan and use Steph and Clay as decoys, and that might make it like way easier for him. Again, I want Steph shooting the ball and Clay shooting the ball at the last possession. But if there's a possession like that again where we saw last night where Poole trips over himself and Alex Alec Burks gets the steal, if Steph and Clay are there, if Wiggins is there, like it might it might just be easier, even though that was a one-on-one, like he just slipped type of deal but maybe you know the anxiousness and the nerves he was supposed to take that shot and he just he just woofed it but why does he slip so much by the way this dude slips all the time 
Because when he dribbles, he's not like standing up and down. He's always moving his body and more chances to slip. I don't know, man. The Clay's never going to slip. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Clay's in the perfect, perfect triple threat stance at like every given moment of the game. What 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 shoes is Jordan wearing? No, we do need to check on that. I don't know what shoes he's wearing. He may have to start wearing some uh, some Stephs. Yeah, he may have to start wearing some some Under Armour Steph, Steph, Steph slips. Steph slips. He, Antas. He, he, he needs he some Antas. Does Steph slip that much? Steph's gotten a few a uh, few ankle and leg injury or ankle injury since uh, since those shoes came out. I don't know. Clay Clay's Clay's gotten one. Two injuries, and it's 100% not because of the shoes. Um, okay. Give him Samantha's. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. To Joe Legup's point, though, if you really do look at, like, I think I'm kind of with him on the talent perspective. I think the other rosters were talented, but, like, kind of fit more together with the Barbosas, the Liverpool. Yeah, who's the Barbosa on this team? Barbosa was, like, kind of like the high energy guy. It's like Kaminga, right? Yeah, but Barbosa was, like, a bucket getter, man. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, there's, like, shades you could put into um, different players, like, DiVincenzo's kind of the Gary Payton, but he kind of has like really nice offense to him, less defense. I said Kaminga was the Gary Payton of this year's team, but you know, you could you could pick uh different qualities of players and say he was this of 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 Barbosa and so was this guy this of Barbosa that. So, but yeah, in the in the KD teams very top heavy, but you know, getting KD meant you had to sacrifice a lot in roster quality. They had to bring JaVale McGee who was on the brink of his extinction in his career. And that obviously hit well for them. But a lot of those guys that they had on those KD teams, when you looked at them before going into the year, you're like, oh, I don't really know. But when you play with like the two best players in the entire league, everything gets easier. So all right, all right. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you some names from from the 73 win team. Would you take Ian Clark or Ty Jerome? Ty Jerome. I think I'd take Ian Clark. Okay, let's think. I'd take Wiggins over Harry Harry B. Okay, well, I'm talking about the depth part of it. Like the starting lineups are that that starting lineup 2016 is probably leans towards well, that okay. game. But that's that's kind of like where I'm coming from here is that I I I I see that when you look at that 2016 depth from a player versus player perspective, like I feel like this year's team will I would take a lot of guys from this year's team, but when I think of trying to fit a role trying to play within a role, like I might take a lot of the 2016 guys. Cause like, I think Kaminga is more talented than any of the guy they had on that bench in 2016. Okay. You're about to eat your words here. Okay. Andre Iguodala, who was the finals MVP the season before or Jordan pool. Iguodala. You, you, you paused a little bit too, too long for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, S. Dot, Sean Livingston, who the last time we saw him was uh, in Santa Cruz watching Kaminga and Moody last year. Yep. Uh, hit is do we do you go S. Dot or do you go Kaminga? I go Sean Livingston if I want like to like not pull my hair out of my head because he was just such a solid backup point guard that you could put in there and not have to really worry. He's just gonna do his thing, drive into the lane, and just couple dribbles and fade away in the key coming is more talented. I don't know if Sean Livingston at his peak. I didn't get to watch as much Sean Livingston. I know he's kind of hurt with that crazy injury, but Kaminga to me has more talent than, than Livingston. I want, I'd want Livingston for that team though. Okay. I want Livingston too. Okay. Here's where it gets probably leans, leans toward 
this year's team? Because you had guys who were getting minutes. Uh, you had Festus. Do you take 2016 Festus over Wiseman? Probably. Uh, but you also had guys like James Michael McAdoo. You probably take Wiseman over James Michael. I think I'd take every single player on this team over James Michael McAdoo, even yeah. Lamb. I, uh, I hated McAdoo. And then wasn't there that thing in the 2016 finals with Verjao and Festus, and they kind of sucked? Well, remember, LeBron kept calling pick and roll towards Festus' side, and yeah, Steve so. Kirk couldn't, couldn't get him out fast enough, and yeah. uh, they lo- lost the lead. Uh, and then you have guys like um, uh, Maurice Spates. Yeah, you know, they, they don't I really like have a Maurice Spates right now, someone who can just come in and 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 spread the court and and shoot a jumper and get like their auto yeah yeah kind of kind of like that auto's a little bit better defender you could rely on him for longer minutes but uh yeah and then you know it's it's barbosa uh you could even say barbosa versus pool you'd probably pick you'd probably take pool for sure because he's just he's just more of a uh, that version of barbosa you know maybe the five years earlier the blur when the blur was really the blur then that against Jordan Poole this year is, is equal, but you know, so, so you see what type of rosters that, you know, for, for Lakeup to make that claim, it's, it's a big claim. It's not, it's not something that, you know, he's going to just go, you know, cause it's not like the Warriors in his stead. And when he, when he's been in charge or when he's owned the team, they've got four championships. So to say this team, which is 20 and 19, has the most talent or will by the end of the season. It's a, it's a big shot. Yeah, he's I mean, a and big to, shot guy. Yeah, it's a, it's a light point, years quote. It is a light years quote. And to his point, like a lot of the guys from those teams we named, like that was their last year in the league. You know, like not many guys, you know, Barbosa. I don't remember a team if he played after that. Spates, um, a couple other guys that I'm. I mean, some of those guys got, you know, got that extra one year deal just by being on the. Yeah. On yeah. The, on the but way. they were quickly out of the league. McAdoo, Festus. Like, I, I think from the talent perspective, Kaminga's in his second year. You know, you look at all these young guys and what they could potentially be at some point. I was kind of with them in, in the beginning of the year. I was very excited about this roster, but I was very excited because of like the hypotheticals, not necessarily because we'd seen it. It was like, oh, Kaminga and Moses Moody jump. Oh, Wiseman's going to come in and just like be really good, you know? And that was obviously not the case and Mm -hmm. so i think i think i just liked this roster from a lot of hypothetical standpoints instead of actually like watching them mesh and but they've been looking good so like thank god he said that now and not you know during that first road trip where it was completely awful so there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer. Good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. All right. Clay Thompson scored 54 points uh, on oh, it's what, three days ago on Monday against the Hawks. He played a season-high f- uh, 45 minutes, almost 46 minutes, and he took 39 shots. His, his, his arm must have been sore after that game. Uh, but the, the reason why I bring that up is well, that was an all-time performance. It was crazy to watch. But if you look at the last four games, now we're talking Charlotte, we're talking Portland, we're talking Atlanta, and then last night against Detroit, uh, his shooting percentages uh, are starting to tick up. So previous to the Charlotte game, Memphis, 8 for 25. The Knicks, 5 for 12. Toronto, 6 for 14. Philly, 4 for 17. Milwaukee, 6 for 16. So that, whatever, that five or six games, five games or whatever span, he's probably shooting about, you know, mid 30%. But the last four games, 10 for 22, 11 for 22, 21 for 39. And last night, we thought he was shooting terribly, but Mm -hmm. he does end up 11 for 23, so not terribly. So he's shooting over 50%. In these last four games, which bodes well, especially with Steph coming back, because then he'll get a little bit less of uh, of the attention defensively. Is Clay back? Yeah, yeah, I'm with it. I I think we saw the same tweet maybe where he's shooting like 50, 40, almost 90 since that since he was pointing at Dylan Brooks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think you know they talked about it on plus minus how he's been somewhat shoot uh, changing his shooting mechanisms whether not necessarily change it because he has the most pure jump shot in the entire league but he was just doing a little too much leaning they said he was working on that with ron adams and he's still i mean he's still kind of leaning like the shot he hit against the pistons it was a leaner and it went it was cash but i did notice at least in that uh, that atlanta game that it felt like he was kind of going straight up and down and, and um and if that was the easiest switch you had to do to be a 50, 40, 90 guy played an all-star level, then sheesh, man. Yeah. You're back. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I think I agree with you. And I think some of it is because we went through this. Remember when Draymond yelled at him and he was supposed to be like, okay, okay. You know, I'm doing too much. I'm doing too much. And then he kind of went back again after he had like a nice little run. So maybe, maybe that maybe that's just what it's going to be. There's going to be some more inconsistency. But I think some of this has to do with Steph being out because he just feels more responsible exactly uh for for being a better player, not not just scoring, just being an overall better contributor. You you're seeing him cut to the basket more, you're seeing him hit guys on cuts. Uh, he's he's not he's never really been a big time rebounder or anything, but just uh, the the flow of the offense he seems to be uh, less hunting and more uh, really just trying to play make and in in his playmaking some of that is shooting like that's how he makes plays right is, is to find his shot so I agree with you I hope to, I think that he is back I don't know if he's going to be back to you know 2018 clay or 2019 clay but. 
from what we've seen, this is about as good as he was, uh, maybe even a little bit better than he was in the playoffs. So if he can get to where he was in the playoffs, like in the finals, I think that's a good version of Clay, and, and we're, we're boding well for that as we hit midseason. So you know what I was thinking about? Because Steph plays next Friday, I wonder if we should try to go next Friday after instead of our normal our normal record date is uh, mm-hmm. is Thursday night. But I wonder I wonder if we we try and go next Friday. It does. We may not be able to go right after the game because we we, we may need some uh, some time uh, hanging out with the fam and, and such and uh, our significant others. But I wonder might might make some sense to go Friday after Steph returns if that is going to happen. Um, all right. Let's talk about this game that we went to last night. Warriors Detroit. It was the uh, supposed to be the worst weather day in in like historic like Bay Area as far as rain and wind. And I read a story that said, and there may be a loss of lives. And I was like, oh, it has to be the day that we're going. So I looked <laughs> and I looked to possibly sell the tickets and maybe go Saturday. But it looked like a lot of people sort of had the same idea as us. And so I, I wasn't able to sell the tickets. And we went, and it was fine. We drove up, your brother and I. It was a little bit, a little stormy on the way up. We, I mean, we got hit by a little bit of rain. But otherwise, uh, it, was, it was a good timeout. I don't think the Warriors played exceptionally well. I mean, how can you play exceptionally well and lose at home to the worst team in the NBA? But... I don't know. We've been to Chase now a few times, and I like Chase. I know, oh, it's not like Oakland and all the. And I like that building a lot. I really have a good time whenever we go watch a game at Chase. I like where it's located most of all. Like I feel like it's more in the heart of the city. Not it's not in the heart of the city at all, but like just kind of more stuff to do around it instead of just connected to Oakland Coliseum. You know, I do like the location more. But yeah, I mean. Oracle is always going to have like the more uh, ultra Oracle feels like more um, of the diehard warrior fans, more culture. Whereas chase centers, you look at the, look at the first two rows and you won't see pigment in anyone's skin. You know, it's just, it's all all white people in the first couple rows. So, but it's still fun. Everyone's, everyone's still cheering. I, I remember during the playoffs, it wasn't against the nuggets that, we uh they were trying to they're kind of getting on people for not being as loud like during game five or something like yeah i don't think they ever got worried about that again you see how people were coming out on the most historic rain day of all time against the detroit pistons and were as loud as they were yeah like you don't see that for many teams and so that's that's it's uh it, it feels reminiscent of, of oracle in slight ways so i posted the clay shot so clay hits a shot that was oh, that was game. a better view. You got a better video than the broadcast did. Like yeah. that was perfectly taken. So I, I got the video and I put it on the uh, at BSPN shows Twitter feed. So if anyone wants to go and see our angle, and somebody replied and put their own video, and they were like on the floor side, and yours yeah. looked better. Our our <laughs> our, our angle was way better. But the th- the reason why I said that is because. When Clay hits that shot, you can see all the people in the first couple rows like losing their minds, like it was the NBA Finals. Yeah, <laughs> like, they were just yeah, going crazy. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, okay, this is uh, you know." So in some instances, I'm kind of like, "Come on, like, yeah, this is, this, this is not the game to do." But to some, that may be like, 
the first game they've ever been to live or something. So you see that, and that's that's really fun. Uh, okay, so I asked you before this show, I said, come up with some things that you notice. Because one of the things about going to basketball games live, and this I think this is like sp- mostly just sports. Like if you go to 49er game, you get to see the whole field. You don't just get to see what the TV shows. And so I like going to live games because I like to see the off-ball stuff that you could see a lot better than on TV because they fo- they're focusing on the scoring and, and sometimes there's stuff going on. And I was really watching Draymond. Draymond was pretty frustrated last night. And I think some of it has to do with he's just not feeling 100%. His athleticism wasn't fantastic. But what were some of the things that you saw or that you noticed being there live that, you know, maybe you're surprised or just maybe it was just like, oh, yeah, this is what I thought. And being there live proved that that this is what's going on. I'm, I almost have like the opposite outlook. I like watching the off ball little stuff on my TV rather than well, being there and kind of maybe having a better view of, of, of it. But I almost feel like it's harder to understand, like, if you if you take away a score, if you take away the um the score and you don't let the fans see that, like I don't know if I would have been able to say who was winning the entire game. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it was it's kind of hard to see who's up, how much they're up, and you could look obviously, but just by looking at the game, I couldn't really tell. Um, but yeah, I I think it's I I think if I was tasked to like write something about a game or like come up with all these points about the game, I think I'd prefer doing that watching on my couch than at the game. I think it's just fun being in the atmosphere when I go to the games. And that's mainly it for me, honestly. I think I think at the game, like the guys look bigger, uh that they that you could tell they're like large human beings versus on TV everyone kind of looks like a not as large. Like Patrick Baldwin Jr. like looks like a very large person. <laughs> uh okay, so here's the things that that I was sort of paying attention to, keeping an eye on. When the Warriors go small and they play teams who are big, they they struggle to get rebounds. And, and really, for Looney, it's positioning. Like, the way that he gets rebounds is he positions himself uh, really, really well. Because there's a couple where he's fending off one guy and he's grabbing the rebound with the, with the other arm. Um, and he's very smart about that. Draymond, he... I, like, I don't think he played very well against the bigs yesterday. I felt like both uh, Duran and Stewart kind of got the better of him in, in a lot of situations. Uh, and, you know, like I said, maybe that has something to do with, with him. Just, you know, he's over. He, he played that long game and he's doesn't look like he's moving well. And so, you you know, he he's not going to eat those guys alive all the time. But you think about it, you go, like, oh, young bigs playing against Draymond. Draymond's going to kill these guys, right? Like with IQ, everything. But he was frustrated, and, and some of that was uh, Stewart. Like they got into that little that little mix right in the, in the end, and both of them got uh, the text. But it was it was the, right before that. I don't know how many possessions before, but it was right around. I, know, the I think same I know time. it's when you're going to take. Draymond boxed Stewart under the basket, off and the so, court. Yeah, like under, like out of bounds, and so that meant that one of the other Warriors players needed to grab that rebound and nobody went after the ball. So I think he was just mad. Like he was like, Oh my God, I just created this opportunity for us 
and nobody came back to team rebound. So and that not was... only not only did he create that opportunity, but did you see how like hard he had to work to create that opportunity? Yeah. Like that looked like one of the hardest things he ever had to do in his life. Like because Stewart's just way bigger, way yeah. stronger, and he was just able to because he's so good. He was just able to still do it, but it was not easy. So that makes him even more frustrating. The other thing that I noticed is because the Warriors shoot a lot of three pointers. Those de- the defenses are out there on the perimeter. They're, they are like not just the three-point line, but it's like beyond. Like there were moments where Clay would get up a shot, and I was like, how? Like you didn't you had no space to shoot it. And he's because st- he's a lot, a lot of it's because he's also very tall for, for a two-guard. But yeah, those teams are guarding the Warriors so out there on the perimeter, which helps because then you see a lot of the backdoor cuts. That's how Draymond you know, is able to get a lot of the, uh, the, 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 the assists to the cutters and such. So that's, that's where that stuff opens up. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And this third one is more of a validation for me than anything else. And it is about our friend, Jordan pool. Jordan pool just gets destroyed by screens. He, I don't know if he hates them or his body hurts or what, but he sees a screen and he wants nothing to do with it. And thus, because he gives so much space to get around that screen, it just creates an easy opportunity for the other team if they t- use it to their advantage. Um, he either gets, he either moves out of the way or he gets blown up to the point of where he's out of position to help on anything. And I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering sometimes if he's trying to like, create a foul there or something, but like just his over-exaggeration, he just gets taken way out of the play. That is very apparent when you go live. And also mm-hmm. sometimes his effort in, in help defense. Like there was a moment where, um, you know, Bogdanovich was giving them hell yesterday and he was doing this thing where he was just, he, he was kind of backing down, but he was like hopping into it and seeing if they were going to stop him. And then if they didn't stop him, he just would go all the way you know, to the paint and then shoot a fadeaway. So, so, so Jordan's guy takes him to the corner and Bogdanovich is kind of like near, near the box. And Jordan, like he just like sort of walked by Bogdanovich and just did like, he kind of waved at him. I was just like, you know, can you maybe go for a steal or, mm-hmm. Can you maybe quick double and get back or something? But uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, we, we give him a, a little bit of a hard time because, you know, he is the guy who got paid and he is the next guy and we both really like him. But there are some parts of his game that are, you know, he needs to improve on. And, and I think this is a giant learning first half for him. A uh, little bit of a humbling in a sense, especially when it comes to the shooting and, and these dribbling plays. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be good for him overall. And th- we said this in the in the finals last year and in the playoffs. He just needs to toughen up. And that's he's a young dude and he's not built for it yet. And he will get he will be built for it at some point. And sometimes it's just going to take him fighting through stuff to prove to himself that he can do it. Because he's, you know, the, the, I think Fitz and uh, Kalena maybe go over and above to say how tough he is of, of a human, but he, he emotionally, he's definitely tough, right? Cause of what he had to deal with <laughs> yeah. in this off season. So emotionally he's a strong dude. 
and the physical piece of it, you know, I'm sure it'll it'll get there as well. Are you gonna listen to the new Draymond pod? No, what what is on? I I don't even know what he's potting about. It's so far off my radar yeah. right now. I think so. I don't think he's dropped the podcast since the punch, and he mm. just dropped one. And I think he talked about he recorded right after the punch, and then he listened back to it after, um, and he didn't like how it sounded. So I think that was I haven't listened to it, but that's what that's like a tidbit I heard, um, on social media. But yeah, yeah, I I don't listen to Draymond's podcast, but even I was like, I feel like he hasn't come out with the podcast. I haven't seen yeah. it on the social media. I haven't seen people talk about it. And yeah, he literally hasn't recorded or done anything since the punch. That is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that works for the uh, contract he has with Volume. I'm sure they 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 wanted all the pods right exactly. now. Exactly. Right? Oh my God. They were, <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, probably good for his mental health. Uh, as well um even even in being the bully in that situation um he has to feel terrible and you know staying away from the noise probably helped him and helped tim just focus on basketball and hopefully you know the the one thing that i want out of this and maybe this has happened behind the scenes and and maybe me even wanting this is just a selfish basketball fan i just want draymond to just be like i've you know i've apologized to Jordan and you know, he's accepted my apology and Jordan to be like Draymond's apologized. And I've ex- like, maybe that can't happen or maybe it has. And, and that's just behind closed doors and that's fine. But that, that part of the story has not yet mm-hmm. happened. Right. Like I, I would have expected because of how this was covered and because of how it happened, like there would have been something around that to just kind of kill the noise because, because of that, everyone still talks about it. But I feel like if they would have come out and done that, that would have killed some of the noise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I guess it's it's up to Jordan to because I know when Draymond was talking to the media, he was saying, like, you know, it's not up for me to, like, apologize. Like, I'm going to show through actions. And um, but, yeah, we haven't heard anything from Jordan. And I don't, I don't know if we ever will. Maybe if someone gets him behind a mic in, and he's like just won a championship and he's really drunk. He might, he might, he might say something, but yeah, I, I think they're what their lockers are still right next to each other. Um, they, they literally go on off together kind of on the, in the rotation. Like when we went to the Pistons game yesterday, they both came off together. So they're mm-hmm. basically playing together for the majority of their minutes. Yeah. And there's been some uh, practice footage where they're chopping it up. So I don't know if like they're a hundred percent back, but it definitely feels like, um, yeah, like that's a story that's going to slowly fade away unless Draymond just decides to keep talking about it on his podcast. Uh, okay, so um, just wanted to make mention also on uh, we I, I put that shot up on on Twitter so you can see our angle. It's also on the Instagram account at BSPN Shows. In the uh, we put it up as a reel, so it's out there and people people are seeing it and finding it and, and liking it. So that that's really cool to see. Uh, okay, so the outlook for these next few games. Uh, if we decide to record on Friday, I don't want Brian to make that decision. He's got to figure out his schedule, uh, as do I. But if we come back on Friday, the Warriors will have played three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will have played the Magic on, on Saturday night. And this Magic game is is a lot, is more familiar to this Pistons game than I really want to know, right? Because I the, the Warriors lose to the Pistons. And then they lose to the Magic. Yep. And now they lose to the Pistons again. 
And like they really need to beat the Magic. They cannot lose to this Orlando Magic team. Yeah, the sucky thing is, it's, it's not sucky because the Warriors should be beating these teams, but the scuffle between Killian Hayes and Mo Wagner that suspended like eight people, the Warriors are missing all of those suspensions by like one game. Like Killian Hayes just made his return against the Warriors. When we're going to have on the next game, all the all the suspended guys who came off the bench are back. Even Jalen Suggs might be back from a long injury. I think it's funny how the Warriors are just accidentally missing all these suspensions that could give them a favorable edge. But I've been really high on this Magic team, even though they haven't won that many games. I just kind of like how their roster set up. But uh, I think I, I think that the Warriors just have to just have to outvet them almost, and yeah. that that's would be because the Magic have like so much talent on their roster. I'm There's calling it right. I'm calling it right now. J- Jordan comeback game. He's had two rough games in a row, and that was after that awesome offensive display against Portland. So. Yeah, I'm calling, I'm calling comeback game for for Jordan. Need yep, need it. Okay, and then uh, the Suns, which the Suns, I'm telling the Warriors are going to kick their butt. You think so? I think so. I usually bet against the Suns too, and those like when we would do on the Bam on the Bam Pod, we would talk about a team for a team that's maybe doing good or doing bad, and then we predict their next five. And for some reason, all those teams always had the Suns in their next five, and I just be like, nope, they're beating the Suns, and they always did. So. I'm going with it again. Um, Suns are missing Devin Booker. The Suns have lost like four uh, or like they're like either four and six or like three of 11 in the last 15 or something bad. Like I think they're tied with the Warriors in record right now. Like they've been playing bad. So they're going to come to chase. Ideally, Wiggins is going to be back. Maybe Kaminga. I don't know. But I would say that the Warriors are going to have their way in this game against the Suns. So you like them too much. No, I don't. It's not that I like them. I just think that they match up against the Warriors really well. Like they do a lot of things that hurt the Warriors. But if they don't have Booker, that's a little bit of a different story. Uh, Bridges always harasses Steph. And so I imagine he's going to be harassing Jordan or Clay. And Jordan does not play good against a a physical defender like Bridges. So he's that's he's going to have to be up to the task on that game take away jordan then you have clay and wiggins it's like another off yeah we i think we mention yeah we need we need wiggins to to play strong i don't know i feel i feel like they kind of need kaminga for that game too but i don't know if he's gonna be back by then yeah DiVincenzo and kaminga just keep switching off on chris paul and wiggins like they're gonna put him through hell man i'm i'm ready um all right and then the spurs and steph is is, is hopefully back by then and really, you need to beat this Spurs team too, even without Steph. So that should be a nice, uh, a nice way to start that road trip. And the Bulls are struggling, but the Bulls are competing. They, they are they've, competing. They've been competing big time. So that'll the be the Warriors a match game. up well against the Bulls, though, because yeah. they could just take away. They've been good at taking away DeRozan, and that's yeah. like kind of their main thing there. And they could take away Levine too. Like they could take away other teams' guards. I think they have a harder time taking away wings. All right, uh, I think we'll end it a little bit short here. Um, but what do you have to do, or what what do you guys have on uh, the BAM coming up? We're, we're finally coming back from the damn Christmas break or the the holiday break. Everyone uh, got a got a football pod out today, and we're recording basketball on Sunday. Not really any crazy updates for the BAM. We just need we just need to record. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't hear any uh, solo pods from you like Bill Simmons did the other day. No, I, I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I don't know how people talk to themselves. 
it's hard doing a solo yeah. pod is really 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 hard and it's I not agree. entertaining like bill's like one of the only people i feel like i could listen to it and be like okay i might not turn this off you know like and it's like i still don't even like totally enjoy it but i think bill's just bill and he's like the goat at this stuff so that's probably one of the only people like i think my mom was listening to some inspirational podcast and, and i was and she turned it on and i was like is there gonna be like another person that comes in and says something it's like i can't listen to this guy for 40 minutes <laughs> yeah so. i know okay we'll uh, so we'll be back either thursday or friday we'll we'll, we'll figure that out uh, it would be nice to come back after steph and immediately talk about steph uh but uh, but yeah that that'll be it hopefully by the next time the warriors will have won another Another two games at least out of yeah. Uh, predict it. Predict the three, or predict the four. Put the bulls in. I'm just gonna go three and one. Well, oh, okay. So for the next four games, you said yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'll say I'll say three. It depends if that, if I think that they could beat the Suns. See, mine is mine is the Magic. I'm a little more worried about the Magic. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll say three and one as well, but I do think they lose. Four knows realistic. I do think they lose one of the next two games. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next week, uh, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be going to any more live games anytime soon, but I hope to get back because that that's a fun place to watch a game. Yeah, we should right. see if they play like the Rockets or something. Yeah. No, I'm game. down. All right, for Bri, I'm Double G. We'll see you next week. Peace out this is kirk henderson from pod maverick a dallas mavericks podcast in case you didn't know the show you are listening to right now as well as my show is part of the blue wire podcast network blue wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together today blue wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes media professionals and passionate fans over the past few years blue wire has privately raised over 10 million dollars to expand their team podcast network, and business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.